This is Jesse Parker and Tommy Niblack. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the Faith, Faith Chair, Chair, where we answer the questions that arise at the intersection of faith and culture. Welcome to season four. This is our first ever themed season. We're going to be focusing on love, relationships, marriages, and all kinds of stuff in between. We're super excited about it. We're excited that you're here to join us in this first episode. I'm going to tell a little bit of my story, my love story with my wife. Uh, In the next episode, Tommy's going to share his, and that's how we're going to kick it off. So thank you for joining us. Let's get into it. Mr. B- I don't know why that hit my mind. Mr. Bombastic. I don't know. <laughs> that was the first thing I thought of. <laughs> Happy I'm, New Year, y'all. Yes, it, it is 2022. It is 2022. <sighs> I'm yes. having my 20th or my 20 year high school reunion this For year. For real? Yeah. I'm officially what month is it? Old. It's going to be in July. All right, all right, all right. But uh, yeah, 2022. We that are is here. just insane. I know. And 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 it's Faith Chair Friday. So and it's 2022 Faith and Faith Chair <laughs> Friday. It's 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 dope right now. And it's sunny out. It's weather we has been great needed, since the snow is gone. We needed a couple of dry days because yeah. my goodness. The rain was crazy. It was real soggy out there. Uh the dogs cannot play. I don't they have not played outside since we got the new puppy because it's just too muddy. It's too wet. Uh, they they play in the house and I'm I can't wait to have them be able to play outside. He has not run like full uh-huh. run because yeah. everything is wet. So yeah, we um, haven't even tried to do anything like that yeah. yet with Nani. I've been actually thankful she doesn't come in real messy. She yeah. just kind of trots around the yard and, mm-hmm. and finds her spot. And it's nothing like a wet, muddy, a muddy, dirty dog because it's big and has a lot of right. hair. Like ah. Uh, <laughs> that stinks. But yeah, excited for the um this season. Season four? Season four. Dang. Bruh. Season we are four. at eighty plus episodes. I think Whoa. I think this season we might hit a hundred. Wow. Episode hundred. Wow. If not, it'll be right at the beginning of season five. Wow. So, because this is the for those of you guys who might be new for us this season, the first season we were insane and mm-hmm. weren't scheduled and planned mm-hmm. and didn't realize it and ended up doing 52 episodes. So literally the whole year with no breaks. And uh, that was a 52. bit much. So since then, we split up the year. We do a little bit of a longer season from February through early June. Yeah. And then we take a break, you know, family, graduations, vacation, summer is not a great time. So we take a break for summertime. Come back with another season uh, starting in the fall and then taking a brief break for Christmas. Mm-hmm. So uh, so I think this season will be long enough for us to hit episode 100, which is crazy. That is crazy. Wow. And this season is all about relationships, love, marriage, marriage sex. We're, we're going to get into it, yeah, y'all. We're going to get into it this get season. Into it. And I think we're going to start off by just sharing just a little bit how... Jesse and I met our spouses and how our, um, like what we're learning about being married men, what we learned about just being in rela- in, a re- in a committed relationship where um, like you're not roommates, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like you pass the roommate stage and you get to, oh, we're actually living together, you know? Um, and then we're going to hit some, hit some stuff in the, in the coming episodes that's going to dive a little bit deeper. We're going to have our spouses on with us yeah we're um, hoping to get a, a yeah. sex therapist right a christian sex therapist up in here we're that's working gonna on exciting. that one that's good that one's gonna be interesting that's gonna know. be pretty cool uh i'm excited that's actually one of the topics i uh i love to delve into with married couples especially with men because um it's funny because i just saw this documentary posted on youtube that i shared with you about uh raised in pornography um, the the detrimental effects that pornography is having on children, and uh, if they stay hooked on it and through their adolescent and teen years, yeah. uh, how it messes up their relationships, how yeah. their view of women and and love is completely jacked up. So one of the, the statistics that uh, the statistics that they mentioned in the documentary was that. Uh, Boys, 
from ages 7 to 13, or 6 to 13, when they type in porn on the internet, the first thing that comes up for them is the most heinous of whatever porn they could be watching. So, like, women getting beat up. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Because that's the most viewed. That's the most in demand. So they're watching this and their brain is forming a uh, forming neural pathways that say, not only are women willing, but they want to be hurt. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. they get in these relationships and they're, and they're doing this. And this is starting from six years old. Um, and uh, that is not what sex in a relationship is supposed to be. That's not how we relate to one another. So uh, I'm excited about talking about that, with, especially with men, because we're the ones that are more exposed. <clears throat> and pornography is for men, yeah. really. Yeah, yeah. You know and We're, we're going to bring up Mars Hill yeah. again, because yes, I think it's an important conversation uh, for women, uh, mm-hmm. you know, because, uh, you know, although obviously stuff like pornography... Uh, domestic violence, rape, yeah. obviously slants much more towards men mm-hmm. as as engaging in those things. But there are still women. There are women that are um, that are that is. But also right. on the side, kind of coming out of how we ended last season too, is the conversation also needs to let women like no, this isn't normal. That's right. Um, and coming out of some of the stuff that we heard, um, if you've listened to it, um, I don't know that we ever talked about it directly. Uh, this part of it, but uh, coming out of the the rise and fall of Mars Hill, they're teaching around yeah. the women's role That's right. in the marriage, uh, in in terms of like you basically they taught and enforced mm-hmm. basically that women uh, just had to say yes That's right. to whatever their husband wanted. That's and, right. And I have I know people who came out of that who had those experiences and um, and some of the effects it had on their their marriage and stuff. And as a you know, the pornography mm-hmm. one and stuff like that, you know, as someone who was in that, uh, in some ways you could say I'm a survivor. <laughs> For sure. I'm a, I'm a, you know, as they say, you're always an addict. I, For sure. I, I was an addict. I am an addict. And I continue to have to enforce protections to That's make sure right. I don't fall back into that addiction. So That's right. In terms of how it, uh, you know, impact relationships, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're going to get into all of that. Yes. <laughs> you know, guys, you guys know us. And if you don't, let me, we'll tell you, we don't pull punches. We do not What's pull punches. What's the point? Uh, like. That's right. You can have lots of, there's plenty of uh, la-di-da, mm-hmm. pie in the sky, let's beat around the bush and never really say what we mean, yeah. conversations around this kind of stuff. Yeah. That's not what we do. That's not what we're here for. So nah. so it's going to be intense. Um, and, and, and intense and freeing. So bring your, bring your little rag if you need to wipe some sweat off, right. but bring the rag because, uh, freedom, like you said. Freedom requires intensity. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So. Freedom um, requires intensity. So. so you want to? How did you in Genesis meet? Yeah, and like we'll get, what we'll was that the, like? We'll get into the story and we'll see what comes out of it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'll preface with the most boring part of it, and then uh, we met in church. All right. <laughs> there's a there's a uh, we have a similar. Beginning. There's a there's a lot there's a lot more to it than that. But, yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. You know, uh, I was at a small local church um, that had gone through some stuff, and at that point, it had dwindled down to I don't know, maybe ten, twelve people, mm-hmm. pastors' family included in that number. Mm-hmm. So there was not a lot of us that were not. You know, the pastor's family was like what four people. So and then there was only you know six, seven, eight of us. Yeah. And then um, one Sunday, I think it was Father's Day, if I remember, 2007, um, uh, her, Jen, Jen and her family all came, all came, all came in. And if, yeah. if you guys know us or if I mentioned it before and you heard me, when I say Jen and her family, yeah, I mean, I'm talking like 15, 16 people. Jeez. She, you know, my wife is Simone, if you don't know. She has a big family, uh, lots of aunties uncles and they got lots of kids um at that point their kids didn't have kids they do now so it feels even bigger now but like yeah we're not talking about like five people walked in we're talking about like you know the pastor was probably having lunch with his friend pastors (laughs) that 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 next week and was like hey we had revival our church tripled (laughs) in one sunday and that tells you a little bit about like you got to have context to understand when pastors say stuff like that It's a little bit less in. impressive when your church goes from Shoot. 8 to 24 right. than whenever right, right. it goes from 800 to 2400, right? But, uh, you know, yeah, so they all came in and, um, 
it was funny because like I was I was running sound at the time. I was the mm-hmm. only person who knew how mm-hmm. <clears throat> at our church, and that was back in the era of you know recording on CDs and dubbing those CDs after service and stuff. So like my rhythm was. Uh, most of the time, I was I didn't leave the sound booth on Sundays yeah. until everybody had gone. Yeah, because I had all these other things I had to do after service, and so the opportunities for socialization were minimal. Plus, I'm an introvert. Uh, plus, I I it's funny. Growing up in my teenage years and my young adult years and college and stuff, other people would probably say I had more game than I thought I did. Yeah, yeah. Because you played football, right? I mean, I was just, I was probably more of the man of mystery type of game than engaging with people, right? So we didn't have a lot of interaction Mm -hmm. the first year or so. It was probably the most we ever got a chance to talk was like when we were both cleaning up after our monthly potluck, church potluck. Um, And even then it was few and far between. She's an extrovert, but I'm an introvert. So there wasn't a lot of conversation engaging. And so... So the story goes, uh, my family was, oh my, uh, my aunt was getting married in California. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, my family was going to fly down. I was, or my family was going to drive down and I was going to fly because I had to stay. I had a final or something. I couldn't leave when they needed to leave. And my dad doesn't fly. Yeah. Or didn't fly because he was afraid. <clears throat> and uh, so we needed somebody to watch our dogs. Mm-hmm. And I'd heard through the grapevine that they lived really close to us and that her younger sisters really liked animals. Yeah. So I reached out and was like, hey, would you guys be willing to to dog sit for right. us? And they were, of course, like, yes, because they were never allowed to have pets growing up. And then my, my wife is allergic. Actually, I think two of them are allergic, mm-hmm. so they never have to have a dog at home, right? So, so they're like, yeah, sure. And I'm like, okay, cool. And uh, I go to the airport, and uh, my flight gets delayed. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm in the airport. That was, again, you know, old school, y'all. It's, we've been married 12 years together, 14 now. So <laughs> this is when you had to, you know, pay to get internet service at the airport. Ooh. And so, you know, I'm stuck there for three extra hours. So I pulled out my laptop and got on the Wi-Fi. And and I noticed that my mom's instant messenger was active, active which yeah. I'm like at you know, my mom's in a car somewhere in, a, like, southern Oregon or northern California. At this right, point. right. So I'm like, what? And it was it was Jen because mm-hmm. we had told them, hey, we, ha- we had a computer in the, in the yeah. living room. We're like, feel free to use a computer, whatever's in the fridge, you know. Yeah. You know, feel free. So she had gotten on the computer and they auto-logged in. So I was like, hey, who's this? And and we ended up talking on Instant yeah. Messenger for that whole three hours because that, that's, that's my jam because right. I'm an introvert. Right, right. I can talk right. with you way more comfortably on, right. on digital than I can in person. <clears throat> and um, so that was kind of like the beginning of mm-hmm. our relationship, and it mm-hmm. just kind of grew from there. Like I, I, we, I look back and I was laughed because I asked, I asked her if we could do get anything for, yeah, for them or pay them or something as a thank you, and she was like, "Well, I collect keychains," and I was like, "Cool, bet we're going to Disneyland." My aunt got married at Disneyland, yeah. so, but I was like looking back, I was like, I went to like twelve shops f- trying to find the perfect keychain, like. And that's totally, I don't like the shop. So, like, that's totally not me. So, like, there was, it's funny, there was little signals along the uh-huh. way. Uh-huh. And then, you know, a little bit later, you know, we kept, you know, just talking and being friends. And, and uh, there was one time I took the bus from my job and we get off on Beacon Hill and we ran into each other. She used to mm-hmm. jog on Beacon Hill. She was like, oh, and I'm like, I get off here every day. Yeah. So then we started meeting and, and, and walking along. And this was in the summertime, you know, nice weather, walking along Beacon Avenue at night, just talking and totally platonic, right? Yeah. But there's a little moments. Like, we was, there was one time where she was complaining about in some own households, they don't use dishwashers. Mm-hmm. To wash dishes, they use it to store the dishes that the kids had to wash by hand, and so she was like, "So it's a drainer, yes, the, the <laughs> dryer, dryer, basically, yeah, yeah." And and out of nowhere, I just say, "Don't worry, we'll have a dishwasher." And we, when we talked about it later, she, she was like, I heard you say that. And I was like, what did you just say? And I was like, that's the same thing I said in my head. What did you just say? We both played it off and pretended it didn't even get said. Right? And he was like, oh, shoot. So What is wrong with you? Yeah. Jesse, why did you say that? We had a dinner at this nice Italian restaurant that mm. neither one of us thought of as a date. Yeah. But then we shared a dessert, which is something that she had never done. And uh, that was awkward because while we were there. all date stuff. While we were there, my ex-girlfriend's family. Without her, she wasn't there because she was in college in Oregon. But her ex, my ex girlfriend's family, sat on the table next to us. That was interesting. But uh, yeah, so there was these little Did things. They recognize like, you though. Yeah, and they were like, "Hey," and I had to kind of like introduce oh, them. Oh shoot! <laughs> yeah, funny. but was this like 
not long after y'all had broken up? Um, or was it had, what had some time passed? No, so it's just some time had passed. Oh, okay, okay. And 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 one thing about me because I am an introvert and I have had tons mm-hmm. of relationships, um, and I'm not an aggressive person. I don't hold grudges, you know yeah. that type of stuff. I was I've been lucky enough to never have a bad breakup. So I never had something where it was, like, toxic and we could never see each other on the street again or, like, you know, anything like that. (laughs) (laughs) I hate that fool. But, uh... But yeah, so it was just kind of like it was. It was funny. It was platonic until it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Like there was one time I was on Instant Messenger talking to that ex girlfriend because we were still friends <clears throat> and we were catching up with each other. Like, hey, how's college going on in there, and what's going on with you? And mm-hmm. I'm talking about Jen a little bit. And she's like, "Wow, it sounds like you like really like this girl." Yeah. And again, having never thought this before, and I feel like without conscious control of my hands, I typed, "Yeah, I think I might have met the future Mrs. Parker." And I was like, what? And she was like, what? And I was like, oh, wow. And I sat with that for a second. I real- And that was the moment when I realized how I really felt. Right, right. And I told her told her that night. Yeah. And, and that was basically like my proposal. Because that's why we say for us, like, we didn't really date. Yeah. Like, we courted because our real relationship, like, our romantic relationship yeah. started at the moment where we both were like, we want to get married. Yeah. Um, but this was 2007. This all happened in 2007? 2007, yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, 2007. That happened in the summer of 2008. Wow. Um, and then we got married end of summer 2009. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, so that's the story. It's pretty crazy. So you guys how, got a crazy one, too. So how has totally it been? different ways. Like, you, like, how has it been... Being married, so like, what? What did you think when you first got married? Like, how did? What was your? What were your preconceived notions about marriage, and how did they change? So I, I didn't really have preconceived um, ideas. I don't think. I don't think I'd ever really thought about being married. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't. Both. Neither one of us really came from families where we had a good example of that. Yeah. Um, my mom was my dad's third wife. Mm-hmm. Um. All but one of my siblings um, has been divorced. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did, and and my parents uh, had a challenging relationship. Yeah. And by the time I was really old enough to really pay attention to it, they slept in different rooms. Um, wow. And so yeah, I didn't I didn't come into it. Was that because your one of them snored or no no? It was just yeah. It was they both live very separate lives. Got you. Um, <clears throat> and uh, so I don't really think I came into it with a vision. I I just had I had some Im- Im- idea of what I didn't want, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I didn't really have a clear picture of what I did want. Mm-hmm. And and Jen Jen's family is the same. Uh, a lot of divorce or or kids out of wedlock. Yeah, uh, she grew up around a bunch of mostly single alpha females, mm-hmm. um, which which taught her a certain way of doing things. And yeah. she's an independent person and very willful, um, but also a lot of brokenness. She didn't have really a great example of marriage mm-hmm. in her life either. So we kind of came into it knowing what we didn't want, but not really knowing what we did want. Right. Um, and that was that was a challenge. She was coming out of a, a long-term relationship that was unhealthy, and yet they'd been together so long that there was a lot of things that were known and unspoken between the two of them. Got you. So, like, when we got together, she came in with that expectation of being understood that way. And it was like, hold up, I don't have five years of experience with you. When I look at you like this, no, I mean this. <laughs> yeah. When I put my finger up in the air and point it to the right, you know how I'm feeling. Yeah, and how to deal with her emotions right. and when she was upset. And, not, you know, and so we had to kind of go through like, whoa. We had to, um, and this is what we, when we counsel couples, we always talk about, look, you both have minefields that you know right. nothing, you're not consciously right. aware of them. 
if you do a lot of introspection and some counseling and read some books, you might identify some of them. Yeah. But many of them are subconscious, and you'll never know it's a trigger until you get triggered. That's right. So you're going to have to know how to deal with that moment, right? Uh, and 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 have grace and forgiveness mm-hmm. for each other and patience mm-hmm. and and allow the swell of emotion to pass and then deal with it. Um, that's for everybody. It doesn't matter how long you've been together. It doesn't matter how well you think you know each other. As you said, yeah. things shift when you, especially as Christians, mm-hmm. we don't do the pre-live together thing generally. So there's no way to simulate the, the things you're going to face mm-hmm. once you become a married couple living right. in the house together dealing right. with all this day-to-day minutiae that doesn't happen when you're dating, mm-hmm. right? So <laughs> you how have to deal with snoring and right. bad breath in the morning and, mm-hmm. oh, I didn't realize you only shower twice a week or, mm-hmm. you, know, the, mm-hmm. the, you know, the classic toilet paper goes this way or that That's way. Right. The That's toothpaste right. that you use, do you clean your dishes, do you... Uh, do you one thing for my wife was like you never push your chair in when you get up and I'm just like <laughs> you know and I was like Yo. I didn't realize that that was a thing so, Yo, so I, now I've, that's I've my thing too just recently I, that's funny it, this is just recent like in the yeah. last three months like she's really been like well you never push your chair and I was like I never realized it was a deal but but now I realize I'm like oh it kind of sticks far out into yeah. the dining room so now yeah. I push so it's yeah. like you can't anticipate that stuff yeah so you know so we had to deal with that stuff and so what was your work. What was the what? So I'm gonna ask a couple questions. What was the worst fight you guys ever had in the beginning of your marriage? Oh. <laughs> uh, I have a terrible memory anyway, uh-huh. so this this would be tough. Um, I remember, and this happened multiple times, but I remember yeah. one time particularly, sometime within the first three years. The first three years. Mm-hmm. So a little bit of context. I lost my job four months before we got married. Yeah. Wow. So when we got married, wow. I was unemployed. Wow. Um, and that was, again, 2009. Mm-hmm. We were right in the middle of the right. depression right. that hit at that time. And um, this is a story for another time, but I, I through some crazy circumstances that I won't go into right now, mm-hmm. I, I had a minor conviction. Yeah. On my record, mm-hmm. and uh, I can't get a job in fast food. I was applying everywhere, Jeez. and people will overlook almost anything. Yeah, but if it's something having to do with theft or money, mm-hmm. like you know, it you you might as well be Adolf Hitler. That's like, right. They won't touch you. And uh, that's right. And so our first three years of you marriage, ain't even black, right? <laughs> but, but I had the conviction, so. Um, Oh, so the first three years of our marriage, we lived in a room in a house with multiple segments of her extended family all living together. Gee whiz. And, uh, and we, it was just a bad environment. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and a lot of it had to do with the environment. Again. For sure. Uh, some toxic uh, rhythms, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. culture mm-hmm. Uh, with her family in terms of dealing with conflict. And, you know, I'd do something wrong and she'd go tell them. And then even if we made up, they were still mad at me and I could feel that tension and yeah. they had conflict. And so even when it had nothing to do with us, that that would kind of filter down yeah. and create a tension, um, you know, in their judgment as I, you know, I, that's when we started the photography business. Yeah. But, you know, anybody who knows when you start an artistic business, it takes some time to build up clientele to make money. That's so right. for the first couple of years, I wasn't barely bringing anything in. So they thought I wasn't working. <sighs> But those of you who start a business know those first two years That's when right. you're making nothing is when you're working the hardest. That's right. <laughs> That's but, right. Uh, you know, so there was just a lot of stuff. And so, you know, we had a lot of – the first three years were hell. We had no honeymoon period. Mm-hmm. The first three years of our marriage, and, and we talk about this all the time with couples, and my wife would say the same thing. It was hell. We loved each other, but we didn't like each other. Yeah. And we fought all the time. And there's the rings came off on multiple occasions. Mm-hmm. And that's why that's why I say this happened. On, but I remember there was one time where we got into such a bad fight, and we were yelling at each other, and the rings came off, and they got thrown at each other. Yeah. And she, it got so worked up that she then had an asthma attack. Wow. And then I'm, you know, I go into, you know, protector mode. Mm-hmm. But she's so pissed off at me right. that I can't. And that's Don't just that's just making her Don't asthma go any worse. Right, and right. that was we were so poor we didn't have health insurance, and I couldn't find you know there's there's one non prescription over the counter asthma medication mm-hmm. out there spray, mm-hmm. um, and because it's the only one it's very popular and I couldn't find any anywhere at that point. 
Um, so that was, it was both a bad trip. fight and it was scary. So that's why I think right. it sticks in my mind. There was one time when we got into our other place. I don't even remember why we fought. It, I know it was the environment. Cause the funny yeah. thing was, as soon as we got our own place, our, our relationship shifted 180. Wow. Just instantaneously, without any intention, recognition, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. anything. It was just the environment. Mm-hmm. Suddenly having a peaceful place that was our own. Right. It just changed. Like, three months after we moved into our place, we were looking at each other like, when's the last time we fought? And we were both, like, we hadn't even yeah. consciously recognized it. And then yeah. we're like, whoa. But there was There's something to be know, said about that. Yeah. But you still fight. There was, another, there was another time when I, I don't remember what we got into, but um, she was so... She was so pissed off at me. She uh, she threatened to call the cops mm-hmm. on me and tell them that I had like hit her or something. I don't even remember something crazy. And so I'm just like, I wonder you? how I was many like, people did have that go that. down to? Did it come down to this? Like, are you yeah. serious? You're just gonna throw her? And she was like, and she threw a water bottle at my face, and it took everything in me. Yeah. Not to do what she was accusing was going right. to accuse me of doing. Of course, of course. Because I was only like four feet away from her, and she right, 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 with everything she had, it bust, right. busted straight up in my face. Oh, and then we got you. Yeah, yo, know, she hit me in oh, the snap. face with the body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, that was probably the worst fight we ever yeah. had. Um, that was crazy. And that then, would you say that crazy. was like not long after you guys had gotten married? No, that that was in our that was in our first our place. So that would have been yeah. at least I don't remember exactly when, but that would have been at least year. I'm guessing it was probably in year four. Got you. Because very very rapidly after we got into our new place, we got to a point where we almost never fight, um, and uh, have a really really. Because they say like the first seven years are, like, see the first seven or the first five are the hardest to get past yeah because that's when you're realizing i think oh, it's because I, I think they call the seven year itch yeah seven that's year when itch. a lot of yeah. infidelity happens yeah. and marriages fall apart because you're like oh i can't leave my one i've heard this joke from a couple of comedians but the oven for men if you're a bachelor the oven is where you put your mail or your important papers <laughs> i can't use it to cook what? or anything I, I don't know how true that is but I, I heard a couple of comedians talk about that but, like, you realize in those first seven years, oh, I'm not here by myself. Like, this person, this person's stuff is in my room. Yeah, yeah. My stuff is in, this person's stuff is in the living room. Yeah, I think the challenge by year seven is yeah. that you've gone through that. Yeah. You've gotten used to each other, and mm-hmm. that's where the, the opportunity to then become bored happens. Right. And I think that's why right. that's often where you, you've got you right. like you got kids by then, you mm-hmm. got responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Often usually in the you know, the general rhythms of society, the men, but not always the men, sometimes the women you right. are feeling the financial burden and you know, the disconnection starts to happen after after the kids come in terms of the sexual relationship and so you know, it, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, but no, our ours has only continued to grow stronger and stronger every year. We 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 felt that. Yeah. The year we talked about it, we're like, Oh, that's that's kinda weird. And then we're like, Oh, you know what? It's year seven, isn't it? And we're like, Oh snap, it is like people don't just pull this stuff out of nowhere. No, like it's a no. it's a real rhythm thing. So what did y'all do? Did you do anything practically to help you get over the hump of familiarity and um, bored, boredom and, um, and just being, not even just being okay with the other person being in your presence, but like accepting it and loving it? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I think the only thing that we really did intentionally. Short of prayer and the Lord and all this other right, like, right, which is definitely was definitely a part of it, and mm-hmm. then it would have been it would have been year six was when we kind of stepped into full time ministry, or at least Jen did in terms yeah. of actual pay. Yeah, uh, I kind of did with her while continuing to do the photography on the side to keep to allow me the flexibility to be engaged, both of us to be engaged right. in ministry um, while still making enough money to live. Right. Um, but I think the most intentional thing was, and we just we just had a 
a conversation yesterday mm-hmm. because we had a little bit of a, a challenging moment because we're dealing right now we're dealing with stress that I would equivalent to having a new child <laughs> yeah, having to deal with, with with bringing a new dog into the house and the other dog not having been trained properly and having a bad bad temperament and mm-hmm. and uh, not being socialized with their dogs it's it's we've had to be on constantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, the new dog was already on a sleep schedule that was very early in the yeah. mornings, which wasn't used for us, so we weren't getting any sleep. Yeah, uh, you know, so we were tired, exhausted, stressed out. I don't do well if I have to be on all the time. So coming to work, then coming home and having to be on at home, Bruh. was yep. so. It, I was, I was as an introvert. I have a, I have a limited battery, f- yeah. and and when I was, I was running dry, and that's when you know, yeah. that's when bad things happen, right? Mm-hmm. In case you didn't know, you're why we do what we do at the Faith Chair. You're also the ones who make it possible for the Faith Chair to reach all around the world. And we want to thank you for that. And we want to continue to encourage you. If you enjoy these conversations and discussions, if you have been fed by them, challenged by them, uh, if they have helped you find more questions or answer questions that you had, we want to ask you like, subscribe, share, Tell people about it. Help us spread the word. We do it for you, and we hope that it's making a difference for you. And we thank you for listening to The Faith Chair. Enjoy the rest of this conversation. And so, you know, it. but when those times have happened over the years... Were you high on Builder? Yeah. So your builder was depleted by the time you came home from work. Right. Or almost depleted. And yeah. what was your next one? Innovator? Or banker? Yeah. No, not banker. So I'm builder, not, innovator. Banker. banker was on my lower one. Got you. So low on merchant and merchant and banker, but high builder right. and innovator. And for those who don't know, uh, that we're referencing the, the test that the Matsons introduced us to. Uh, you have to go way back to season one for that one, but uh, Core values. that's what we're because it's not it's not one of the mainstream tests. Right. A lot of people don't know about it, but it is right. the only one that has been actually scientifically backed. Right. Um, so it's really accurate, but you're probably not familiar with the terms. But but yeah, yeah, just one, and especially because right now work mm. ha- is really intent because, mm-hmm. like I told you, we're doing all of these changes right now. Yeah. I'm. I'm new to the role, and I'm having I'm building a team and training. So there, it's not like I'm I'm in a cruise control For level sure. with my job yet. So, so yeah, it was a lot. So, but but it remind when we've had those moments. I think the one intentional thing that we've done is we just we make the conscious choice mm-hmm. to lean into each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like okay, that's good. If I'm if we're feeling disconnected, mm-hmm. it's not. Because you are bad, right. it's because we've gotten disconnected. That's so right. the solution is not go find someone else. The That's solution right. is reconnect. That's right. So so just just That's yesterday right. we're like, you know what? I think we're like part of the problem is so one of the weird things about Jen and I is that we spend almost all hours together. Mm-hmm. And this was even before COVID. Right. Because we worked together uh, at the same job. We shared an office. So we were Which, together all day, then we come home, we're together all the time, and people think we're crazy. We're like, you guys still like each other? Well, that blows a hole. I was that blows a hole in that, in that whole, it's not even a theory, it's just a philosophy that if you are in a romantic relationship, you cannot be in a work relationship. No. That's not true. You know, it's Jen got a little bit mad. She's like, "I feel like you treat me like you're training a dog." I'm like, "Humans are no different than dogs. The training is the same." Because, like, if you think about how you have to treat your kids, like, you can't just spoil them. You have to be consistent with them. Sometimes they need physical discipline, Uh and you you might hurt their feelings, but that's what you got to do for them to, to. to learn the lesson. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I wrote about it's this the in the book. Conditioning. Sometimes God's love, our love for those we care about, requires a a uh, oomph moment right. to instill the lesson. Right. Right. And so, like you know, that's that's a that's a part of it. And so, like with 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 human beings, with people, like you have to you have to recognize that there is you know this opportunity to 
reinforce things yeah. or to let things crumble. Right. And, and that's really what the choice was for us. Like, I'm going to lean back into you as opposed to just letting my natural inclinations run wild. Right. And, and it's not always going to someone else. I know that 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 is what happens in a lot of cases, but it's yeah. I could you could be retreating to I know people that guys that just retreat to their garage. It's not always your other woman might be your car. It might be your woodworking. It might be going bowling. It might be your bowling league. It might be fantasy football. Mm -hmm. It can be a lot. Your other woman can be a lot of different things. Same thing with women. Your other man can be your your book club, your uh, going to the gym, uh, you know, all, all these different kinds of things that can become this like obsession where you're getting the emotional and physical gratification right. that you're not getting at home, and that's still a separation. It, right. And, but like with the with the with the training thing, um, no, I was remembering what you said, which reminded me of why I brought that up. Oh yeah, uh, being together. I think the only reason that doesn't work for some people mm-hmm. is because. Um, it's two people who are who have chosen to to continue to be who they are, right? Uh, thank and you. So they're not able to share thank the you. same space for an thank extended you. period of time because thank they you. haven't made the compromises. That's cool. To join together into one. That's right. That's um, right. And my wife and I have done that, and it and it helps. In, and I recognize this. This is harder for some couples than for mm-hmm. others. It helps in the fact that we're both called to mm-hmm. to work in service in, within the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife is a pastor and a worship leader. I'm called to be a pastor, and, and not really a pastor, but that's my title. Right. Um, you know. Uh, preacher, teacher, prophet within the fivefold ministry, but, you know, working within ministry. Um, and so it, it's harder, but that also, you know, and we'll get into this when, when it comes to choosing who yeah. you, you, that's one of the reasons you need to be careful about who you pick, because if you're going to be in two different worlds, that's going to be a really, really hard relationship so, to hold on to. For, uh, uh, that, I love that point, bringing up counting the costs beforehand, yeah. but I love how you said, um, well, it, it goes hand in hand with, with what you just said previously. You count the cost of being in the same space yeah. with that other person. And you have to make the, the love choices. You have to of, make the love choices. We talk about you right. know, God's love, the agape. That's is right. preferring to others. That's right. And we're talking to believers here. If you don't know the Lord and he has to change your life and shed his love in your heart and shown his love to you where it comes out to other people... I don't know what you do. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. But for but believers... But the principles, the principles are the true The principles anyone, are, so. are the same. You should be sacrificing for that other person, yeah. which would lend itself to you being around that person for long periods yeah, of time. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like and if, and if even for that, us, that, that was yeah. one of the things we just realized. It was like, okay, my wife loves the Food Network. Yeah. I hate the Food Network. Yeah. Other than like um, Restaurant Impossible, which I can get down with. Um, the shows, shows where they're just competing against each yeah. other, baking and cooking things. Right. And of course, she loves all the holiday baking championship, spring baking championship, the great British baking show, like yeah. all that stuff. I'm like, that and, stuff and just bores me. She should only like it if she's doing this stuff. <laughs> don't get in trouble. <laughs> I'm, saying, I'm like, you watch all these cooking shows, but you hate to cook. I, I'll never reap the benefits oh my of gosh. the education you're getting. She watches it for entertainment, yeah. not for oh, learning, right? No. Uh-uh. And, but uh, Sorry, she, so she watches that stuff in her <laughs> yeah. free time. And I like, you know, I like action, sci-fi, yeah. fantasy, movies, series, um, you know, that kind of stuff. And so we end up in two different spaces. Yeah. And then it's time to go to bed. Right. And we realized, oh, we stopped watching. We used to, most of our relationship. We've had at least one show that we watched, that watched like, when we were first together. Yeah. Like even it just well, no, this was after we became a couple. It was lost. And okay, that continued on obviously for a number of years mm-hmm. into, into our marriage. Even um, currently, one it's this is us. Mm-hmm. But there was a hiatus, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying <laughs> to think of what some NCIS we watched NCIS together. Um, but you know, during this during this few months like yeah. those were off because it's the holidays it's wintertime right and so we realized we we had we had drifted yeah. and we were getting too comfortable being in separate spaces yeah and so we understood that's a problem yeah so we're like okay sunday nights mm-hmm. or and or monday nights mm-hmm. we're gonna sit down even if it's a movie we've already watched not something new 
you know, we're going to grab one of our DVDs and we're going to sit on the couch. It's yeah. not even about the movie. It's about being together That's with right. each other. That's and, right. And just and reconnect. So it's, it's really, it's a conscious choice. You have yeah. to choose. I'm feeling the disconnection. Mm-hmm. I'm going to choose to lean in to reconnect. Yeah. Not to be like, That's I'm right. feeling disconnected because... Right. Because he does you this, your show, because she don't even, right. she let herself go. So now mm-hmm. I don't even want her. So now we're disconnected. Right. No, you got to right. take owners and say, if we're feeling disconnected, I have to choose That's to right. be the one that comes back, and and hopefully the spouse, your spouse, makes the same choice, yeah. and and then you're able to reconnect. It, Was that well, something y'all realized? Together and you talked about that, or was it something one of you realized and you came together and talked? Like, was it was it a mutual understanding? Uh, I get. How would I put this? I think it's a foundational truth, mm-hmm. and so I, I'm sure probably one of us had the realization of it yeah. first, and we yeah. got together and talked. But it's not like the other person had to be convinced. It, right. It, when it's those kind of foundational truths, it hits your spirit and it rings true. And you're yeah. like, oh, yeah. You don't fight against those things. Right. Like generally. Yeah. There's not really a, a challenge in your heart or your mind of accepting those kind of foundational things that are just just true. Has there been anything for you since you've been married that's been harder, hard to stop as far as you were single, now you're married? Was there anything from your single life? That as you as you became a, a husband, a married man, it's taken like the Holy Spirit. It's taken you a longer time to allow the Holy Spirit to change that thing inside of you. Um, that's an interesting question. Obviously, Jen is not here to say. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, she she say. might have a different answer, but yeah, I think how I would maybe reframe that mm-hmm. is that. It's not so much about the Holy Spirit changing me as it is the Holy Spirit growing me to a point where I'm willing to lay down some things in in benefit for the other. For sure, for sure. So, like, it's not like the Holy Spirit made me a less particular, clean, orderly person. Absolutely. But I've recognized my wife is not that in certain areas of her life, and I need to just be okay with that instead of either being frustrated fixing myself or nagging her about it. Right. I just, right. in our space, I allow for some flexibility in that. In yeah. my space, yeah. it's still very much like that. That's good. I, my my I space, like the I stuff like that, that I do, yeah. my part, side of the desk, whatever, is mm-hmm. clean, orderly, and she knows this. She mm-hmm. knows not to mess with that because she knows that's going to throw me. I'm like, hold up. Why is my why are your shoes on my side of the bed? She knows. I'll be like, what's going on here? Hey, but I give I give her her space, and she's not, a, she's not a dirty person or yeah, a messy yeah, yeah. person, but she's creative, and she's right. a little bit less organized. And right. so. I, I allow her to have her space, and I don't get upset about it, right? Because we share the space. Is that something you would have gotten upset about, like in the beginning? Oh yeah, and I did. Yeah, yeah, and I did. So, so it, it's not, it's not so much about the fact that I had to be changed in who I am, for sure, as it is that I my heart towards my wife, who is different than me, had mm-hmm. to be changed. Yeah. So the Holy Spirit was definitely working. God was definitely working. Change was happening. But it wasn't. It's not like the core of who we are has to be adjusted, right? Because um, it, your core, it's is, more. Your core is fine. It's just things we picked up and added to our core. Yeah, and sometimes there's Those ways the that things. that core personality yeah. expresses has learned has yeah. come to be expressed in in uh, unhealthy or detrimental right. ways. Right. Um, and you and you just have to you have to learn. I've had to learn that even more now, having you know being in house where. You know, our our younger brother and our aunt live with us mm-hmm. because they do. So it's like sometimes I have to go hunting for kitchen utensils, and that mm-hmm. annoys my life. But I'm like, I've yeah. made a conscious choice. I'm not going to harass them about it right. and make them do things my way. Because yeah. what that really communicates is this is my space, and I'm allowing you to rent it. Mm-hmm. This isn't our space. It needs to be the way I want it. So yeah. basically, you're only here through my good graces. Right, right. And again, like you said, that doesn't work with animals either. Yeah. You can't let a dog have that. They uh-huh. need to understand who the boss is, and they need to understand you are, you know, siblings to use to use a word. And right. you guys need to be able to be okay with each other in each other's spaces and in not have each that be a spaces. conflict. That's right? right. So you know, again, that's why I'm like, people might get mad being likened to an animal. You know, and you bring our, that up a lot in your book because you, you're using the dog training right. throughout that book to talk right. about obedience. It's like we're not calling you dogs, but at the same time, core principles hold true 
you know, across the board because across they're the board. foundational and they're true. And, well, and at our at our core, we want to do things that please us. Exactly. Just like every living thing, right? Every living, a dog and in animals, we call it instinct. Their instinct drives them to uh, procreate, drives them to look for water, drives drives them to look for food, drives them to look for shelter, and they're and they do that sometimes at all costs. Right. You know what I'm saying? If if they're hungry and they can't find food for days, a lot of times they turn on each other. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So. We, and and that's why I, I said there's some leeway when you're when you're when you're likening or comparing humans to animals, because at our, on any given day we would rather do what our flesh wants. Right. I mean, we are you know animals. We've right. been given a conscious mind by right. God, and a, and a, and a, uh, an eternal soul. Right. Um, I don't think that eternal soul makes us different than animals, but the yeah. conscious mind. Uh, can it doesn't always though? Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm, we see tons mm-hmm. of examples of people being controlled by their baser instincts. Yeah, um, we we see tons of examples of people not being rational, yep. not using that mind um, mm-hmm. to to make sound decisions any different than an animal would. Uh, we have the same fight or flight. We have the same the protect same. what's mine. That's right. We're, exact same. I mean, look what happened with the pandemic and the toilet paper. What was that? That was a dog saying, "This is my bowl." Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to eat from me. Yeah. I'm going to hoard my resources yeah. because I'm taking care of myself. It's, it's there are a lot of parallels, and so you know you have to you have to learn. And but the the difference for us as human beings, as adults, when it comes mm-hmm. to relationships, is there's n- there's no trainer right forcing you to do what's good for you. That's right. You have to choose it. You have your to spouse learn it. might. Your spouse might be like, "I hate it when you do that." That's akin to the dog owner giving the dog a correction with the leash. Right, right. Hey, because it's all or redirecting, right? Or ground snap. <laughs> it's all about redirecting and shaping the culture, right? Right. And I heard um, a speaker say once, uh, a guy named Sam Chan say once, I, "You only learn the culture. You learn culture through mistakes." Yeah. If you never make the mistake and if nobody corrects you on that, that's so you don't good. know the culture. That's you know so what I'm good. saying? Yeah, that's very true. Because like even um, even with the church where I'm on staff now, you know, we're dealing with that. Mm-hmm. We're we're two years into the pandemic. Yeah. You know, re- and we're in that like crazy, really frustrating phase where it's like reopen to this level spikes yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we should probably pull back you know i'm sure lots of people are thankful that's not really coming from the government anymore For sure. but as conscientious people which is part of the reason my wife and i joined the staff in this church is because they have that heart for mm-hmm. their people and for the community wow. uh for you know compels us as the bible right. would say as paul would say compels us love compels us mm-hmm. to be like pull back and then how do we reopen mm-hmm. and oh man the numbers are going back oh, we got and that's, that's really good. frustrating and so the interesting thing is, I think for a while that church was kind of cruising mm-hmm. on, you know, they're very uh, justice. They have a justice and spirituality, justice and faith, justice and Christianity focus as part of their DNA, as part of their role in the body of Christ. Yeah. Um, they were growing, you know, prospering, and things were going well. And then challenges yeah. came, and yeah. and and that exposed some of the. Oh, we've never intentionally built that culture. Yeah. We never intentionally had a system for that. Yeah. We just kind of were rolling. Everything was going good, right? Yeah. And th- yeah, that definitely goes true for. I love that. I mean, shoot, we should write a book. I don't Bro. know if somebody wrote this, but marriage <laughs> culture. Like, yeah. you can't just Bro. have a marriage. You have to have a culture. You can't just have a family. You have to have a. That, that's what that means when they say we do. You know, for for us. Oh my, my god, wife and that's I, good. We don't even have kids, wow. but we still sometimes say, you know, that's the Parker way. That's right. Like that's right. be, being generous. That's that's the Parker. Way. That is right. One of the one of the uh, agreements my wife and I made. Um, I don't think it was super fairly on early on, but um, mm-hmm. you know it was it was a while ago. 
was, uh, you know, we'll always support each other in in moments of generosity. Mm-hmm. If you feel like God is asking you to do something, telling you to do something to help Our somebody. Our answer is yes. Yeah, yeah, Our yeah, answer is you. yes, even if in the back of my head I'm like, that's going to make it challenging to pay our rent. Right, right. Like, we, we're, we're never going to tell each other no in moments yeah. where we feel that's led good. by the Spirit to be generous. That's good. That's the Parker way. Yeah. That's the Parker culture. culture. Yeah, and so mm-hmm. it's like, do you have a culture for your marriage? That's right. And, and, that is right. and again, I think... Obviously, at the beginning, we didn't. Although, yeah. the one piece of culture we had, the one thing we always talk about that 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 brought us through those three years mm-hmm. of absolute hell, mm-hmm. and we talk about it. And, and re- sometimes she she brought it up recently, not super recently, but um, she was like, we were talking about this whole mm-hmm. arc of our marriage, and she was like, if that had continued, do you think we would have stayed married? And I was mm-hmm. like, no. I was like, every person has a breaking point. Yeah. It would have become too much for one of us, and, and, and we would have called it quits. We would not have been able to maintain that level of dysfunction and, and, That's and right. conflict for, for, for much longer, I don't There's think. There's only so much you could. <clears throat> but the one thing that held us together, yeah. when the rings got thrown, mm-hmm. when the fights happened, when all of that mess was, was going on in those first three, three and a half years, was was the conviction that we had. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember if it was like a word from the Lord, but the conviction that we had early on in our courtship that there was purpose in our marriage and yeah. part of that part of that intentional purpose from God was to break the cycle of broken marriages in our in our families wow. on both sides. That's good. Cuz she was looking at her younger siblings and saying you yeah. know, they none of them believed in marriage. Yeah. Yeah. And they saw the conflict early on, and, and she would talk to them, and they're like, yeah, we don't think we're going to get Now, the tune has changed mm-hmm. because they've seen us come out of it, and now they see us healthy and happy and enjoying each other. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, that is something I want. That's huge. That that, that was culture. Huge. and it, But at that point, that was the only strand of culture we had. But the fact that you had, you guys had an agreed-upon purpose for why you were getting married, as far as the bigger picture, right? Not... Oh, we get to have sex, right. or I get to I get to have whatever superficial thing that most you know you can write a list of the superficial things why people get married reasons yeah. why people get married, but the more ethereal ones are like those are the ones that like hold that's the glue. Yeah, you're like not ethereal because it is practical, but you don't know because we have a similar thing. It, it, it's like it's anything. Like we're going to get you... married to 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 help other couples. See uh, to show them that love is possible and yeah. it could be deep and also Every, nobody it can live know. a life of inspiration, sacrifice, mm-hmm. or or being willing to go through hard times unless they have something that they believe in that's There's bigger than themselves. Got to be a reason. A so why. you have to, yeah, you have to you have a why that's bigger than yourself. Some people they have challenges in the relationship yeah. and their why is their kids. Yeah. Like we don't even like each other. We would have gotten divorced, but mm-hmm. we're going to choose to stay together for the sake of our kids. Yeah. Um, I mean, you look, you look back in, you know, I watched wow. lots of medieval era style fantasy shows and movies and stuff. And, and of course, you know, it's, it's, we're not that far removed from this being the tradition in general, the entire world, right. but arranged marriages. Yeah. A lot of these people never even met each other before their wedding day, mm-hmm. and yet many of them had amazing marriages. How does it, we're going to talk about this season? We're going to talk about this whole idea of the soulmate. Uh, thank you. <laughs> because wait. what what I we what we see that. in history, mm-hmm. and even in, in biblical times, and we see these even in biblical stories, mm-hmm. right? Was was the King Esther soulmate? That's right. No, but God had a reason that she ended up being married to him. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if, from our conception of a soulmate, mm-hmm. right? Um, there was a reason. There was That's a purpose <laughs> behind it, right? <laughs> right. So we see, we have plenty of evidence in history to show us that that this a successful, powerful, kingdom-minded, effective um, marriage doesn't necessarily have to be born out of. Out of falling this, in love, falling in falling in love. Mm-hmm. It's about a choice. Mm-hmm. We're going to do this, and those people all did that because they had a they had something bigger in their yeah. mind. Yeah. Well, that's what happens. You choose you choose the person. We say it's falling in love. You choose the person, and I think what happens in a situation like you guys and with Mariah and I is that we both started off with that we before we knew we were actually going to go ahead and get married. 
we were saying things like, we want to help other couples. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, before we even, not before we knew we were going to get married, but before we even went through anything in life. Yeah. Before we even went through anything together as a couple, we were saying, we want to show couples how to have true love in their, in their relationships. I got I to make a side That's note. because I, I saw this recently. Uh, there, were, there was that couple, mm-hmm. I don't remember who it is. Um, my wife would remember because it's pop culture, celebrities, Christians, though. And they had gotten married. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't forget who he was. She was an actress. And they recently got divorced. And people were pointing out, they were like, oh, they got married. And all of mm-hmm. a sudden, they were doing seminars and conferences and writing books and doing podcasts about, you know, about, like, how to have a healthy right, marriage. Right, 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 right. And I've seen people do that. It's like, player, if you're if you're only a year into marriage, nobody wants to hear from you. Nobody wants to hear. Unless you're talking to the people in the phase you've gone through, like courtship right. or dating or planning your wedding and they not getting stressed. Like, the, the stuff you've been you through. Like, y- right. y- yeah, no one wants to. Right. And, and tr- if, if that's you, trust me. Me when I tell you that all of the married couples who may need that help look at you and roll their eyes. They're right. not looking to you for advice right. or That's input. Right. They're like, you ain't been d- through nothing. You can't. That's one of the challenges for, for my wife and I. And I yeah. think part of the reason why God had us be in youth ministry, because at this point, we don't know if we'll ever have kids. Mm-hmm. Um, those of you guys who don't know, you know, my wife and I, when we got married, we said we're going to trust the Lord. We never used protection or didn't yeah. use protection. Some of our friends were like, hey, we're going to do the three years with no kids. And they all had met- mishaps with their birth control and all got pregnant. Like, one of, one of them on their honeymoon. Oh, my God. So, like, look, it's, oh it's, it's, what's going to happen is going to happen, right? Oh, but, my God. But, uh, you know, we've had, and we've had some miscarriages. Yeah. Um, Jen's, got, Jen's got some challenges. I've got some challenges physically that make it hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't know if we'll ever have natural kids. Yeah. I mean, we're both in our mid-30s now. I'm in my late 30s. She's in her mid-30s. Um, but, you know, being youth pastors, because without that experience, who am I to counsel parents? Or And at the same time, even when I'm counseling married couples, mm-hmm. what can I say to the challenges that are presented right. by the fact that they have kids? Because right. I haven't lived through That's that. right. That's right. So Thank we you. needed that experience. Right. I, it would be ridiculous for me to counsel somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have this challenge sometimes, uh, you know, with people in terms of, like, health advice because they see me yeah i've you know i've gained weight mm-hmm. and you know i'm not healthy physically right now yeah. but that doesn't change the fact that i was an athlete mm-hmm. even jen when she started working out she'd have a little injury she's like yeah. how do you know us like because i played sports my whole life i know how to wrap an ankle i played soccer you know how many right, sprained right, right. ankles i right. had i know i know that you need to ice and then heat and then mm-hmm. elevate and like i know all this stuff because i've been through it it may not look like i've been through it right. now at 38 but i have been right so it's like you can't speak to people when you don't have any that functional experience and knowledge about something. And we thought we could, but at the same time... Because you were so in love. Because right? we were so in love. We're like, we're going to help couples. But I feel Our like that's what that's what got us to this point through all the mess because that one thing that yeah. we knew we wanted to do, just like with you guys, that one thing you knew you wanted to do, your why, your reason was still intact. Yeah, You, you guys wanted to be the ones that helped other people yes. get over the hump. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, so, so, you know, go back to, to Genesis, mm-hmm. right? God God said that he he brings a man and a woman together for dominion. That's right. That they are they are more than the sum of their parts when what they're together. What are you guys going to conquer together? Yeah. So, you know, whether you believe That's in good. a soulmate or mm-hmm. not, every marriage has purpose outside mm-hmm. of itself. Mm-hmm. You're, like, your purpose of being married is not just for you to be happy to be in That's love. That's right. There's something that you're able to accomplish in this world from a Christian standpoint Mm -hmm. in this world for the kingdom that you could not separate from each other. That's right. That's so good. I I almost feel like I should do mine on the next episode. No, yeah, we can't do yours. (laughs) We went almost an hour on mine. We're going to do yours next episode. (laughs) Yo, but I love that because... We can't, and, and one of the things that I will say, but we kind of touched on it just now. One of the things I will say in my in in my segment is that I learned, we both learned later on in our marriage that, like what you just said, Jesse, we could not offer water. We could not offer water to a thirsty person from an empty pitcher. Mm-hmm. 
And we were we were in the first in the first few years of our marriage, we were walking around with an empty picture thinking we could help people. We right. had nothing to give. Um, and it's crazy all the crap that we had to go through. Um, it's like don't invite people over your house to have dinner if you're a terrible cook. <laughs> Just because you want that, like I was, like I was talking you got nothing about, to about offer. the dog. Like just because you have this picture of what you want, you can't go directly to the picture. Right. There are steps and processes yeah. that are, yeah. that have to be taken before you get to the actual final picture. Right. Um, and uh, gosh, it, it's if we had had if I had had podcasts like this that dealt with stuff practically speaking and not so ethereal that it was like oh so i need an angel to come down and help me with my marriage mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying um but more practical down to earth um teaching and help when we first got married when my parents got married they could they could have shown my brother and sister and i how to how to do this when mm-hmm. we get married man i wouldn't be here 46 now just learning some stuff you know what i'm saying yeah. i'm learning other things but i don't think we would have had the seven the, oh shoot the 12 years of there was heaven in there but it was a lot of hell <laughs> <laughs> the 12 years of hell that oh, we had but Yeah, man. Thank you for sharing your yeah, yeah. Of course, how you guys met yeah. and and again, like all the good stuff. I, I think the other thing that I didn't mention about I think it's in, the importance of developing intentionally a marriage culture mm-hmm. is that whether you acknowledge it or understand it or realize the full extent of it or not, every person comes into a relationship with their own culture. I love that you where you grew up, what country you came from, culture. what uh, what your family yep. dynamics were like. Yep. Um, past failed relationships. We'll get into that with with you know the question of whether or not Christians should date. Yeah, you're you're carrying positives and negatives and baggage and even like I talked about the positive with my wife of being in a long term relationship, having somebody who understood her was actually a detriment in the, in the in the next relationship that would become marriage because eh. she was ex- she had wrong expectations. Right. So we bring culture with us. And That's when right. two cultures collide, uh, there there's always going to be challenges where things overlap Glad and don't, and don't right. meet up with it. And so right. those places are are the places where the connection has to be intentionally formed. Where where you know if you think of it like you know if you have a low spot and mm-hmm. a high spot to meet, what do you have? You have a cliff. A That's cliff right. is dangerous. That's right. So it's like you have to do the work of. Leveling Chipping away at off. that high point and building up that low point to make it a slope that you can navigate. Mm-hmm. If that's a picture that maybe helps you think about it. I like that. But but I think too often people come together and they just maintain their own culture and they only interact around the spaces that work and they never change. And so they don't have a marriage culture. They just have some spaces where their cultures interact in a positive way. And in the rest of their lives, they stay separate. Really, and that's selfish. not two becoming that's one. That's, that's not right. the biblical right. picture of marriage. That's right. Where we become two become one, and no one should ever be able to pull them asunder. Je- and Jesus, Jesus said, "I he wanted unity or oneness between his children." Yeah. Um, because he said, "Because I and the Father are one." Yeah. That's what I want for you guys. Right. And uh, it's the same for marriage. We cannot be brothers and sisters in Christ and one and not be husband and wife and not one. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and that doesn't mean we agree on it. I, I have to watch this dumb show with her. No, it's like, you know what? I want to watch this show with her. Why? Yeah. Because you under, we understand sacrificial love. Yeah. Because we know what Jesus did for us. Exactly. We have to. We, have to be, we were just watching Atlanta, the Donald Glover show. And uh, we're in season two now, and there's a there's an episode in season two where he and his girlfriend have this fight. And in the fight, he was like, what? I have to do everything you want? Like, he's like, what What about the stuff I like to do? Yeah. And I'm sitting there going, oh, my God. Yeah. 
And that's this is the, not how a relationship. <laughs> that's that's the other problem is that oftentimes you have a dominant spouse and a, and yeah. a submissive spouse, and so it all the sacrifice all flows one way. That yeah. that doesn't work either. Yeah, it has to go both ways. Otherwise, you're not really loving someone. You're being right. served by someone. That's you right. are taking advantage of someone. You are using them for your own benefit. There and, it is. And, and as soon as that, the problem with that kind of relationship is as soon as something changes the dynamic of that mm-hmm. pleasure, for instance, having a kid that yeah. takes yeah. away That's right. attention, mm-hmm. service, you know, whatever it is that that spouse was doing, yeah. um, then the relationship starts to erode. We'll talk about that, too. Uh being married and parenting mm. and how to keep the uh, the relationship between the husband and wife, the married culture is still intact. Yeah. Uh, because there's a married culture and then there's a parenting culture, then there's a family culture. Um, and the family culture is what everybody does. There's an understanding that this mm-hmm. is how we... This is how we, as the Parkers, like you right. said, or, or us as the Niblacks, this is how we conduct ourselves as a family. Yeah. Then this is how my wife and I conduct ourselves as parents. Right. Then this is how we conduct ourselves as husband and wife. Um, and so we'll get into all that all that stuff. Uh, very exciting. Very exciting topic. I yeah, love, I love this topic. It's going to be good. So where can people go if they have questions, if they have comments, if they have um, podcast topics? And if we're still doing, I don't know if we're going to do music this this season, um, but if you have music to submit, where can people go to send all that stuff? Yeah, uh, you guys can always connect with us on social media: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, all three of them are just at the Faith Chair, um, and then you can email us at faithchairpodcast at gmail Any one of those ways is a great way to connect with us, interact with us, um, and uh, as always, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, positive feedback, uh, crit- crit- you know, uh, uh, constructive criticism, um, and again, I, you know, topics, ideas, sure. um, especially this season if it has to do with relationships. But yes. we're always stockpiling episode ideas. So if you have passages of scripture that you want us, uh, uh, to dive into. Uh, questions of doctrine or theology, this religion versus that religion. Let's get it. Again, anything where you know Christian faith intersects with uh, culture mm-hmm. in any way that you'd like us to get into, uh, feel free to hit us up. And uh, you know, if it doesn't fit, this is the first time we've kind of done a theme for a season. Yeah, um, I, I like it. And uh, I, like I don't it. know if we'll continue or if it'll just be like, hey, there's just so much to d- dive into around sex, relationships, and marriage. But, um, you know, if it uh, doesn't fit in, in the season we're in, then we'll save it on the list for, for the next season. But, uh, you know, we don't want to assume that we know what y'all are dealing with. So let, so let us know. Let us know. <laughs> when you started giving all the information, I almost started beatboxing because you were like, <laughs> I almost put a beat behind it. I'm, get, I'm, getting, I'm getting my spiel down. So I started to have some rhythm to it. <laughs> Yo, so we will holler. Y'all have a great rest of the week. End. Yeah, yep. the weekend is starting. And next week. Until starting. we meet again. Until we meet again. <laughs> Peace out. We go from this place, but not from your presence. Oh, <laughs> my Baptist goodness. Amen. <laughs> Peace out, y'all. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. Join us next time. Yes, please join us next time as Jesse and I continue to answer questions that arise at the intersection of faith and culture. <laughs>